Hi everyone, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. As we've talked about a plethora of horror films throughout this year so far, I wanted to take a moment to be a bit biased and share some of my all-time favorite horror movies with you all. As I've mentioned some of these movies in other discussions, today I'll be talking about their stories in particular, what genres they specifically sit in, and what about them makes them my favorites. To get us started, we're talking about a movie called Sinister. Sinister is a supernatural horror that revolves around a writer named Ellison, who is obsessed with writing true crime stories. He had his claim to fame almost 10 years ago and has been chasing the spotlight again ever since. He decides to take a chance and move his family into a house where an entire family was murdered in the backyard, with the youngest daughter of that family still missing and the case remaining unsolved. His family does not know about the happenings of the home, but weird things begin happening to all of them. The daughter says she's speaking to Stephanie, the missing child from that previous family, and the son begins having horrible night terrors. Ellison finds old tapes in the attic, seemingly left over from the previous family, and begins watching them, only to find out that they are videos of a bunch of different family murders. Ellison begins drinking and falls down the rabbit hole. Eventually, he pieces the puzzle together. All murders revolve around this malevolent creature, Bogul, or Mr. Boogie, a deity that is known as the Eater of Children. Not only is Bogul the connection between each film and family, but each family lived in the house where the previous family died, essentially putting Ellison and his family next on the chopping block. Once he comes to this realization, he moves his family back to their old house in the middle of the night, only to find that this is exactly what Bogul wanted them to do. Ellison's daughter's connection with the missing girl Stephanie unlocks the final clue that Bogul targets one child in the family and uses them to place the videos in sight. Once the family is spooked enough, they then move to a new house where a new murder can take place. Ellison's daughter is the new chosen one and kills the family with an axe. The movie ends with the daughter walking down the bloody hallway into the arms of Bogul, being sucked up into the spirit world, ready to talk to the next child in line. This movie ranked number one on the scientific scares list by measuring an audience of 250 watchers and noting how many times their heart rates went above 65 beats per minute. Sinister surpassed all other movies with the amount of heart-raising moments. Even though the story itself is quite fantastical, it portrays a very simple message. On the outside, their suburban home doesn't look like anything sinister. Even the family didn't know they were moving into a haunted house. But it's a horror film about a guy watching a horror film. Sometimes you go too far and unknowingly punish yourself for digging too deep. I love this movie for its creativity and for how genuinely scary it is. Bogul himself is terrifying and being shown the family murders right on film, right in front of your face, takes the uneasiness of the film to a whole nother level. But it also shows you how terrifying kids can be and how easily influenced they can be too, which is in and of itself just as scary. This film received a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. For the second movie on my list, I want to talk about a movie called As Above, So Below. As Above, So Below is a handheld documentary-style horror movie focusing both on actual historical and archaeological facts while mixing in some horror and unease. This film focuses on archaeologist Scarlett Marlowe, a brilliant woman who has devoted her life to finding one of the history's greatest treasures, 
Flamel's Philosopher's Stone. According to legend, the artifact can grant eternal life and turn any metal into gold. She has traveled the world looking for this artifact, placing herself in jail multiple times for trespassing, but being able to escape just as quickly due to her smarts. When she comes to the realization that the stone is hidden underground in the catacombs of Paris, under Flamel's tomb, she assembles a crew to guide and document her mission. She brings another colleague with her, George, who's just as smart but much more skeptical, her cameraman Benji, and three climbers from France, who are very familiar with the non-tourist side of the catacombs. As they begin climbing, they find their way to an impasse. Scarlet begins ripping the rocks from the walls, and one of the Frenchmen says no one is allowed in those tunnels, as anyone who has gone in there has never returned. She says it's just a bunch of hocus-pocus, and the group end up going down the tunnel. Weird things begin happening, and they run into one of the Frenchman's friends, who went missing many years ago. Basically blind from the darkness of the tunnels, the friend says the only way out is down, and sends them on a journey to the pits of the catacombs. As they get deeper and deeper, more puzzles appear, and the group finally find the Philosopher's Stone, before being lured into a trap. The stone heals those who are injured inexplicably, and they continue on their journey to leave. Once appearing on the other side of the wall, though, it seems as though everything they have done they are doing again, but rocks and markings are all upside down. The Frenchman's friend goes crazy, killing one of them out of rage and running off into the tunnels. They find a piano in the depths of the tombs and a phone that begins ringing, only for Scarlet to hear her dead father on the other side. The group cannot understand what's going on until each of them is confronted by a horrible event in their past, forcing each person to confront their personal demons. It is their duty to confess their wrongdoings to the tunnels and to their illusions in order to be set free. Scarlet realizes that taking the Philosopher's Stone was part of the mistake and runs back to return it, realizing all along that the stone is nothing more than a tool to channel your own personal magic. She returns and escapes with George and one of the Frenchmen, crawling down in order to be set free, as claimed earlier by the friend in the tunnel. This film received a sad 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think that may be due to the filming style and the convoluted story. I absolutely love this movie for its uniqueness and believability. The puzzles that are seen throughout the tunnels deciphered by George and Scarlet are real historical puzzles put together by ancient Egyptians and archaeologists. The multiple layers of the tunnels are representative of the seven layers of hell from Dante's Inferno, and the idea of as above, so below is something I personally believe in so much that I even have it tattooed on my back. The idea that everything is connected and that what exists in your brain also exists in your reality is the premise of the statement, and seeing it played out on screen in a way that represents personal demons and the yin and yang of personality with the friend is just brilliant rendition of something so complicated being done so horrifically artistically well. The final of my top three favorite horror movies of all time comes from the Saw franchise. When most people think of the Saw franchise, they think of torture, porn, and blood and gore for the sake of itself. Rather, Saw is one of the most psychological horror movies you will ever watch, and I believe it is the number one film to help you learn about yourself. Our killer in the Saw franchise is Jigsaw, or John Kramer, who is a philosopher and an architect that helps people see the value of life by saying that everyone deserves a chance. John received the news that he was dying from cancer, 
which led him to try to kill himself by crashing his car instead of letting cancer take him naturally. He didn't follow the rules of life. Him surviving the car crash gave him the desire to test the fabric of human nature and help other people see how grateful they should be for their lives, rather than wasting theirs being addicts or criminals or just bad people. Our main character in the Saw 6 film is a man named William. Saw 6 is definitely one of my favorite, and I would say certainly favorite in the Saw franchise. William is an unethical insurance broker who only cares about himself and money. His very first interaction on the film shows us that he's drinking at work and lying to his sister about working late, even though it's her birthday and he promised to have dinner with her. He's being sued for the death of a man who's denied insurance coverage to fix his heart condition. He was denied by William, who said that the man had an underlying condition of having a cavity fixed as a young person that was not reported, which could have impacted his coverage. Basically, William is just shysting the man out of money and ultimately killing him since he couldn't afford the heart surgery. William says, those are the rules, I'm sorry, but your own actions have caused this. William has a group of six employees who go out of their way to find discrepancies in insurance applications. They use tiny errors and applications to make and save the company lots of money and scam regular people. William gets kidnapped and John Kramer speaks to him via VHS, saying that William's probability formula for unjustly using the sick as a means of wealth does not take into account their will to live. Measuring who should survive versus who will survive are two entirely different measurements. Jigsaw says that there are four tasks that William must complete that will test his probability policy for good. The first test is a breathing challenge against a 52-year-old smoker, the janitor at the insurance company. The loser who breathes too much will have their lungs crushed. Ultimately, what would have happened to the smoker if he needed insurance coverage for lung cancer? William passes, and the second test is choosing between his secretary and his file clerk on who will survive. According to his policy, his secretary is old and has a family history of diabetes. She's not probable to live a long life, but she has a large, loving family who would miss her dearly. Whereas on the other hand, the file clerk is a young, healthy man with no friends, no family, and ultimately no one who would miss him. Against William's own policy, he chooses a secretary, proving that his formula is not black and white and is basically worthless. The third test makes William burn his skin to help his lawyer, who's stuck in her own trap, survive a maze that's on fire. He burns his flesh to help her get across, but also has the key to her trap sewn into his stomach. She finishes the maze, but begins fighting with William to retrieve the key, and ultimately runs out of time. But this shows that they are both truly have the fight and will in them to survive. His fourth and final test is to choose between his six loyal employees and prematurely terminate them, watching them literally spiral on a carousel and lie their way to hopeful freedom with the fate of their lives in William's hands. He must choose two of six of them to survive and will have to stab his hands in order to save them, with blood literally staining his hands. He saves the only two that didn't lie to him, showing that the people who mirrored his regular unethical behavior were unworthy of survival. The final man on the carousel flips a switch and curses out William, saying that his policy is worthless and tells William to look at him while he's killing him, to face the decisions that he's making. 
As William leaves the carousel, he reaches a doorway. The man from a beginning who died from his heart condition due to no coverage has a wife and son who now have the choice to kill or save William, just as William had the chance to kill or save the man. They choose to kill him and his sister is forced to watch in a twisted form of self-dealt karma. This film received a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I believe it's the best in the Saw franchise. It's a great way of looking at crooked corporate world and really understanding what people will do for money and how greed is so easily justified. Thanks for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. Grab your popcorn and take a watch through some unique and creative horror movies. For those of you who want to continue talking about all things spooky, you can sign up for the Shivers Meetup page and be actively part of conversations and discussions. Enjoy your day, everyone.